Hey there, welcome to Into the Fire. I'm Rob Reed, president of Bison Fire Protection, and I believe that we can make the world a safer place. So every week we're going into the fire to pull out life lessons learned from frontline professionals and apply them to fire protection, to business, but most importantly, to everyday life. This week I want to talk to you about fighting stubbornness and closed-mindedness and how important it is to overcome those challenges that we face every day in life. Now we've got a great story from Tyler Bjornson. He's a manager of loss control over at Wawanisa Insurance. He's got a great story to share with us. Let's see what Tyler has to say. I'd like to share a story with you today. Uh, just a, a tale from the field, if we can put it that way. Um, this was one that uh, I'd personally gone through a, a few years back. Um, it was a uh, agritourism uh, type of a, a property, a recreational type property uh, that was uh, used as a, you know agritourism. It was uh, out in out in the west coast. Um, th- th- at this case here, we uh, showed up, and the, the insured uh, wasn't interested in having somebody from the insurance company go through that day. So I'd uh, I traversed over on a, on a ferry and a considerable amount of time to get there and uh, to get to the door. And the uh, the insured was uh, sort of locking the door on me. Didn't want me in. Um, uh, through uh, and we sat down uh, didn't have a beer but we sat down and uh, had a coffee at the uh, at the brewery and uh, he, I said you know what explain to me what what the issue is here because you know um, I'd really like to get through some time has been spent getting here we had an appointment uh, so the individual sat down and he explained that the last time the insurance company had been out it wasn't a good experience for him and uh, you know using uh, you know using my listening skills I, I wanted to hear it all and understand really what it was gain understanding and as he unpacked his story it was really just somebody had come out uh, from another insurance company and uh, hadn't bothered to uh, really explain what the recommendations were or what the thoughts were before leaving the site so it left uh, it left a bad taste and I, I quite frankly agreed with him that uh, I put myself in his shoes and I understood where he was coming from I uh, explained to him that uh, that day if he wanted to look at things differently he could see me as coming out on his behalf, uh, working to protect his deductible, so to speak, and uh, kind of have me on board as just uh, one of his team looking to help him. And uh, on that premise, he says, yeah, all right, let's go for it. Gave me the Cook's tour and kind of threw me the keys and said, hey, uh, go ahead, look look around and uh, let me know what you, what you find. And I said, I'll definitely let you know before I leave the site, everything that's been found. So as, as part of this tour, uh, very interesting property, a lot of things going on, uh, but uh, one of the highlights, and I, I'd say probably the key uh, of the whole visit, was uh, we, we get into this little room upstairs, uh, you know, a door that maybe I wouldn't have even gone through other than going through it so thoroughly. But you, you walk in and there's there's the laundry equipment on one side, just washer, dryer, which was, you know, I thought was interesting. But adjacent to that was this little frame enclosure. I said, okay, you know, what what's going on in there? He says, oh, that's the grain mill room. You know, and if you can envision this, there's all the uh, the, the the vats and the, the brewing equipment. You know, that is sort of down downstream from this in the same building, wood frame, no sprinkler protection. Okay, just to paint the picture, uh, on the fringe of a hydrant protected area. So we're we're an exposed property. If there's a fire, the whole thing's probably going to go right. So as, as we get to this little wood frame enclosure, and he opens the door, and I kind of probably gasped, and I said, Oh my goodness. Um, that's a lot of combustible dust you got sitting in there and he says yeah yeah we, we kind of went through it and uh, yeah I said well there was some housekeeping issues maybe but but more to that oh, you know maybe 10 feet away you've got the, the laundry equipment and what I found was a wire I just kind of hanging there I said is this a live wire oh no it's not a live wire well I've got a, a, a tester an electrical tester and uh, I proved him wrong <laughs> it's actually live and I said I don't think that's what you want and he, he you know immediately says no no we don't want that and you know before I left that site that day 
he and his electrician had already come and taken care of it. It was fixed, it was done, uh, and a few other issues came up, but I mean, he, he was thanking me profusely for coming by that day because he, he realized that the, the combustible dust and that not to mention the lint from the dryer that was sitting around there, that just housekeeping in general, was a problem. And that problem could have taken out a $10 million facility uh, in addition to the business interruption coverage that I, I don't believe he had. Right? So at risk that day was his livelihood along with the, I, I think it was probably 50 staff there. You know, th there was a lot more at risk that day than just, just you know, um, the inconvenience of having an insurance company come through. No, we're, we're not coming through for that. We're coming through to help. We're coming through to help make that work environment safer, not only for the staff, uh, but also you know, for the insurance company, but also for the insured. It, it's a mutual exchange as what we're looking for. So at the end of the day, that, that was a highlight. And it was on, it was de it's definitely on my highlight reel because I know walking away from that one, a difference was made, a loss was prevented. And you know what, at the end of the day, there's people employed at that facility today because it didn't burn down. It was going to happen. It wasn't a matter, that one wasn't a matter of if, that was a when. Uh, it was just that obvious that, that there was something that was going to happen in that, in that facility. Um, anyway, a, a victory from the field. Thanks, Tyler, for that great story. It reminds us of how important getting over your stubbornness can be. That fellow could have lost his business. He could have lost possibly his life. Talk about the devastation to his employees if they had lost their place of business. This, it's so important. Now, you think about it, and many people don't realize this, but 40% of businesses do not reopen after a major fire. And of the ones that do, 80% of those fail after 18 months in business they just cannot recover the importance of fire protection in a business is unbelievable and i'm going to tell you a couple things and it's funny one of the fellows here came up to me last week and made a comment about how he had been working with a customer and trying to show him a better way of doing fire protection and the customer kind of came back with him and said you know what i just want it in i don't want this extra help just just put it in the way we need it done and give me the building base and the building base to do it to make sure that we'd covered this guy properly was actually almost double the price of if he'd listened to our advice now if he'd allowed us to work with us if he'd gotten over his stubbornness we could have saved him a ton of money he didn't want to hear it well unfortunately for him he's spending the money but again we're here to help very similar to what the insurance advisors are out there to do we're here to help. All right, so let's get into the business lesson. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more to the CEOs out there today. Nobody, and I mean nobody, does it on their own. When I talk about even my own business here, I didn't start it by myself. had a business partner at the time. And I had, as well, my dad kicked in some money financially just to get me going. I mean, I didn't do it on my own. I needed some help. As the business grew, I needed to add management. Those managers I have to be able to trust. And if you can't trust your managers, if they're a weak management team, train them. Spend time, spend money on them, invest in them. They will carry you where you need to go. Your managers are so critical to everything you're doing because they will take the lessons, the the idea of the company, the purpose of your company, from you to them, from them down to the frontline people that are out there. You need to work with them, trust them, and allow them to do their jobs. Now, the other thing you got to remember is if you don't have someone that's fitting into your culture, you got to think hard about replacing them because we've talked about this in the past as well. The humble, hungry, smart part, uh, you know, like I've, I've told you before, I've read a lot of 
Patrick Lencioni's work in the last while and your culture, no matter what the culture is, you got to make sure that people are fitting that. And if you have, I'm going to say a um, high performing jerk or a, a, you know, a brilliant jerk that's destroying the culture of your company, driving people out the door or disrupting process and procedures, you don't need that person. I would much rather have people that get up, come to work, have the right attitude and the right work ethic day in and day out rather than someone that burns really brightly for a day or two or a few days a week or or a week a month and then spends three weeks gloating on the glory that they had from that one week and destroying the morale around them. You don't need that high-performing jerk. What you do need is a dedicated team that you've invested in who, as a good leader, have taken them where they need to go. You've shared your goals with them. You've asked them what their goals are, and you're helping them achieve them. When you're truly leading the team, they will follow you. And I've said this before. They'll follow you into the fire, and they'll carry you back out. And, of course, we come to the most important part of the show, in my mind anyway, the everyday life lesson. And why is that important? Because we have to think about how we live outside of our businesses because I talk about, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. You spend eight of them sleeping, you spend eight of them at work, and you better enjoy your eight hours at work because it's one-third of your life, but you also spend one-third of your life at home with your family. And so you need to spend a lot of time enjoying them, working with them, enhancing their lives and allowing them to enhance yours. Now, I'm going to start with talking about listening to your wife. I listen to mine all the time. She's had a couple great suggestions for the show. She's been watching episodes. She's always saying, have you tried this? Have you thought about that? And certain things that she's suggested I've brought back and are now working their way into the show. So I make sure that I listen to what she has to say because she sees things through an audience the way I can't see them because I'm thinking about fire protection or business. And so my wife has a very big contribution to what we talk about around here on the show. You're significant others can do that for you as well so make sure that you're sharing with them and listening to them you know we have to make sure that of course we get over things and I got to talk about my own personal stubbornness and a couple of years ago the the water at the lake had gone up quite significantly and it floated my gazebo off of its cribbing and I thought okay I'm going to fix this myself because you know I'm just one of those guys that when something's broken I just fix it myself so I got out there, and I had another guy helping me. We got a whole bunch of garbage cans underneath it, filled them full of water, raised the thing back up, put some boards in place, and said, okay, here we go. We're good. Left it for a couple of weeks and thought, okay, well, that was a temp. Now I can do all this. And I've got some rollers put under there and some jacks and a bunch of different uh, come-alongs and started pulling the whole thing together, and it all fell apart, and it ended up being in worse shape than it originally was. So not only did I lose the use of the gazebo for, I'm going to say, about six, eight weeks through the summer months, right over top of the lake, I ended up having to bring in a professional to fix it anyway, and I'd made it worse. So we always know what happens when we get called in or we've started something and have to call in a pro to fix our jobs. costs way more. So with that in mind, I needed to be less stubborn and just right up front get someone over to have a look and say, what can be done here? How much can I do on my own versus should I just leave it all to you? And if the guy's busy or if he's honest, he's going to tell you. So... 
that's one thing that I've had to do to get over my stubbornness. Now, when we think about, you know, and I mentioned Lencioni earlier in the show here, the importance of being humble. And I talk about the humble, hungry, smart. But if you're spending time being truly humble, you're allowed to listen to what other people have to say, and you're allowed to think about it. When you're very closed-minded, you're not listening to them. You're stubbornly going your way. And there are times when you have a vision and you know what's right and you need to follow it. But there are times when you have to be able to listen and take that back, whether it's at home, whether it's building a berm in the yard, whether it's painting the house and what color it is or new windows, or whatever you're putting in, whatever you've got going on in your life. You have to take the time to listen to what the people around you that truly care about you have to say and respect their opinions. Don't be stubborn in what you want or your specific vision because it affects so many others. I also want to spend a minute or two talking about uh, being too stubborn to talk online. The comments, the things that you want to hear and say, you see something put on there, you've got some great input, but you're just too stubborn to share it. Now, I've had so many people already coming online and commenting on things. What I love about that is it reminds me of things I forgot to say in the show. And I can then expand on some of the ideas and we can get a conversation going. So I really appreciate hearing that. It's so important. So when you can get over the closed-mindedness of they're not going to like what I say or I'm just going to get crapped on because that's what people do online these days. I'm going to tell you that's not what my show is all about. And there's a lot of shows as I've been looking out there and a lot of people that are not about that. Now, yes, there are some, let's face it, pick and choose your areas. But if you've got something important to share, share it because you've got great ideas. And all I can do is encourage you to get on when you're on and share your thoughts and ideas. Because, again, it's appreciated whether it's by myself or other authors or other show hosts that are out there because they are looking for feedback so they can take their ideas and expand them and get it to a larger audience. It's the whole point of these. Now, I know you learned something from today's episode of Into the Fire. Take a moment and share it with your friends and family. You can make your world a safer place. I'm Rob Reed. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Into the Fire. See you next week. Oh, 